0: Blog Talk Radio Firefly Willows L.I.V.E. presents Evolve Featuring your host, Robin White-Turtle-Lizney
1: Hi, welcome to the show. This is Robin white turtle Listening and uh, my guest today is Le- Leona Thibault. She's an intuitive, clairvoyant, and energy medicine practitioner, and has been working for 25 years in that capacity. She's also a yoga teacher, a certified sky dancing tantra facilitator, the creator of therapeutic ocean emergent practice, and founder of the Natural Healers Network of Santa Cruz. Uh, you can find more information about her at www.leona, That's l y o n a. Info. Welcome, Leona. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm really excited to speak to Leona today because uh, we have a common interest in energy medicine, and so today's show is going to be all about energy medicine and intuition and how we define energy medicine. So let's start there with your definition of energy medicine cause mm. we were talking about this earlier. I thought it was pretty interesting.
2: I First of all, I see the whole universe as um, interacting energy fields and I see human beings as electromagnetic energy beings. So we are our bodies but we also literally are uh, an energy or force field. And... The practice of bringing healing or ease or soothing to other human beings uh, is ancient. Any mother or father who's held their child knows that, that you can hold or touch another being with the intention of bringing healing and health and vitality. Right. So we were talking a little, too, about
1: quantum physics and how quantum physics is kind of proving scientifically, at least quantum physics is, of course, theory. But the ideas in quantum physics are helping to to manifest what intuitive work is really all about with people. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Sure. Um, I'm certainly not an expert in this field, and it just is my personal view. But it seems that science and the arts of healing, energy healing, have been uh, had great distances between the two for many, many years. And now that there's more research done around um, brain science and around electromagnetic fields and quantum physics, we're beginning to realize that some of the things that were unexplainable and seemed miraculous are actually just another form of science. So uh, that's exciting to me because I think that that opens the possibility for um, people everywhere to have more and more access to uh, healing and transformation than they ever have before.
1: Yeah, and I think that quantum physics, like, it talks about bilocation and all these kinds of theories, but really what it's about is that we are part of a big grid of energy that's interconnected. And we know that working energetically with other people, but a lot of people don't understand that there is like this literal grid work that connects all of us energetically. And if we are aware of it, then we can affect healing and support others long distances. To me, that's part of why prayer works or part of why sending love to someone or energy to someone, you know, if you're going to have surgery or you know it works <laughs> it does yeah. help support them right. not not just because they're thinking about you but actually because there is energy going over some kind of system that we are still trying to get a handle on and probably will
2: always be trying to get a handle <laughs> on it from our small human minds but um well yes and we can even see it in in the world the other animal world when you see a school of fish uh swimming together and they all change direction all at the same time It's not something they smell. It's not something they hear. At least we can't uh, so far measure that. But there's some kind of um, shared mind of that school of fish or a flock of birds. And uh, we try to explain things away through uh, the senses that we are familiar with, sight and hearing and smell. Um, But this is beyond that, and I think that's when it gets a little... Um, confusing and a little, you know, it's out of our comfort zone. In other cultures, however, it's certainly very much a part of their lives. So I think in our particular culture, we've lost the um, ability to trust that there is more going on than the basic Newtonian principle.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, Newtonian physics says, you know, uh, apple drops and there's, an, there's a ripple that happens. or There's a cause and effect to everything. And, and while that's true on one level, uh, on a larger level there's an energetic connection. You can't prove everything that, not everything you see is, you know, tangible. Not everything that happens in healing is tangible. There's an energetic response that occurs that you can feel, but you can't necessarily see it. And I think that's kind of where we're working in our in our work, which is kind of fun. Um, <laughs> so when I use energy to heal, I know that I'm sendi- setting an intention and creating an atmosphere so that that person feels safe and feels like they're in a bubble of unconditional love, or if not love, an, an energetic of um, compassion, mm-hmm. and um, then that sets the tone. For them to open to their own healing process and I, I try to make sure that they do the as much of the their own healing as they need to mm-hmm. do like i can do some of it but then they have to they have to really be the ones to make the transformations and i know we work differently but does that resonate with what how you work
2: yeah there are two two pieces to that um equation for me one is um i believe when i work with somebody they don't as long as they're in consent they don't necessarily have to believe in what i'm doing they don't have to sit there and and hold a strong intention and breathe you know in pranayama and um go into a deep meditative state uh i if there is any kind of receptivity on any level which is in place by their consent then the energy will do what it does and I simply hold the energy it's kind of like tuning forks mm-hmm. and I I hold that vibration and their energy of their own body comes up to that tone if you will which provides uh, more of an opportunity for change happen in their life, if it's on a physical level for physical healing or an emotional level or wanting to release certain beliefs or wanting to um, embrace different beliefs, Mm -hmm. uh, it just creates an opportunity for that. The other piece, the other piece of the equation is we all have responsibility. We all have responsibility to move through the world in a way that's more likely going to net us what we get. So, if somebody just comes to me and wants me to do all the work for them i'm not uh i'm not able to do that and i wouldn't even lead them to believe that i could because my readings tend to be very very practical i do intuitive readings along with the energy medicine and when i give a reading it's very practical it, it it's information like you know that challenge that you have with your mother you really need to take a look at that that's the age old you know process that we need to go through. We need to go through creating healthy relationships with everything in our lives so that we can, uh, on a very vibrational level, raise our own energy so that we can start um, walking in the direction that we want to go and start manifesting the things in our lives that we really want.
1: Yeah, we have to heal the past. We can't be walking around with a baggage from when our mom hit us when we were 5 you know we have to clear that stuff now and certainly those things can ripple out and i don't mean to sound any in any way lack of compassion with that but those things can affect us for you know the 5 year old stays back there and tries to figure out what happened and what she did and or blames herself for it or himself for it for whatever might have happened and maybe there was a big thing that happened as a result of it which is why the mom was so frustrated in the first place but but there's also there also can be a clearing of that and a release of it and forgiveness and then that's what happens when we let go of that so it doesn't have to manage our whole framework going forward in our future and on on infinitum <laughs> And that's the work that each of us has to do. That's
2: what you're talking about, client responsibility. Exactly. And I'm finding more and more as uh, I continue this work that it's less and less important for people to go back in their history and... And look at these things, and analyze these things, and cathart about these things. Certainly, that that could be an important process for some people. But more and more, what I'm seeing in my work is that a, a certain belief or a certain way of being is being practiced in this present moment. And right. how how do you want to change that? And f- recognizing that you have the power to change that, and it's very simple. It's like um, breathing for five seconds longer than than you normally do before you respond to something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to um, find ways to get grounded and present in yourself and to drop into your emotional states uh, rather than trying to analyze and think your way through things.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So there's some very practical in the moment present uh, behaviors that will impact or heal backwards, the way I like to think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you attend to it now, you're a, a, a readjusting what happened in the past and paving the way what's going to happen in the future.
1: Absolutely,
2: because, because all of
1: the issues that occur today have um, we've been through them before, sometimes time and again. <laughs> but so if we start here, then we can move backwards and can heal into the past, and I think that's very important um, because really what what we're all working toward in some level is to be fully present in this moment so that we can respond fully and not out of the reactions that we might have had when we were five or six or seven.
2: Don't you find that? Oh, I think that that's absolutely true.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I love this conversation by the way it's so much fun because what we're what we're really getting to is kind of trying to describe and express what energy medicine is because it doesn't and and it takes a lot of different forms. I mean, I've been to conferences where there's mechanisms for energy medicine and there's devices that you, you know, you plug yourself in and see the biofeedback is a form of energy medicine and you can say acupuncture is a form of energy medicine, but what what we're talking about really is energetic healing that's done with one person and the other person um interacting and that's really what we're we're talking about here. So, I want to talk a little bit about the paradigm of of that energy medicine mm-hmm. as opposed to um different forms of energy medicine like well Chinese medicine has the five branches, you know, they have earth, air, fire, water, metal that are the basis of their ideas and philosophy and experience of energy, uh, moving qi, moving energy in Chinese medicine. Western medicine has more of a a fix the problem, the pathology is the problem, and we need to address and fix that, Um, you know, cancer, heart disease, whatever the pathology is. And so it has more of a mechanistic view that stems Uh, you know, from Newtonian physics that goes way back. But what I really want to talk about is the paradigm shift that we're in right now with energy medicine and how healing kind of affects medicine as a whole because I do believe that we are impacting as we practice a different form of healing, which is really ancient. I mean, it's been around forever. Um, We are bringing it into this new time. And then it, it is impacting... Um, healing in in the medical world as well as in the Chinese world, and so you want to talk a little bit about that, like right. how do you, how do you see energy medicine
2: philosophically different? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, again, I'm I, I would have to be an expert on all of those to make that comparison. in any you know any reliable way, but really, for me, it's just simplifying it, and the work that I do, the simpler, the better, and what I'm recognizing is that it's just really boiled down to one thing, and that's presence. If we can learn to be present, really, really present, and hold that presence for another person, which means without judgment, Mm -hmm. with a clear intention, and hold that presence, then something amazing happens. And my work as an intuitive and as an energy medicine practitioner hasn't been about learning techniques and it hasn't been about um, following a particular guru. It's been about me working with myself to learn how to be more and more present. So when I offer a session, I simply drop into who I am Drop into being grounded. Drop into being present, and trust that what unfolds unfolds. Now, I have had a fair amount of training so that I have a sense of what I can trust and what's happening, and what I might do to uh, assist that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's about it's about presence. And I, I've had this um, this dream, this fantasy that. Uh, Workshops around the world will offer the opportunity for people to learn how to be present and simply, in in a, quote, therapeutic way, hold presence for one another. Mm -hmm. And I think that that in itself is powerfully, powerfully effective in allowing us to grow and expand into the people that the person that we want to be. Well, I think when we're present with
1: ourselves, we're we're truly present uh with other people in a different way. I mean it's it's the power of presence that does the healing in a sense. Not just our presence with ourselves, but the clients present with themselves. Absolutely. And so the more that we can become present and aware then that expands our perspective of ourselves and it also expands the perspective of our clients. And then it helps them to drop into a, lo- to a deeper place where they can address those subconscious issues that have been running them and they can let them go. And then they have more energy available, yes. um, which is so exciting to me. Yeah, and know. I
2: think that that can be done without a whole lot of thinking. I mean, look at, look at Ama, Amaji. You know, mm-hmm. her her capacity to hold presence by giving people hugs, embracing people, profoundly changes people's lives. Yes. Um, the ancient art uh, in the tantric practice of eye-gazing is profound. It profoundly changes people's perspective of themselves and of the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, and any uh, helping profession... Uh, Anybody who is in a helping profession, who is revered and respected, has mastery in the capacity to be present and available. Yeah, absolutely, and it's pretty exciting.
1: When I go to a, a Western doctor for different issues, what I notice, I you know, I have my father was a physician, and there was a lot of medical history in my family. But when I go to a physician, I I'm evaluating on how present that doctor is to my questions and how they're actually answering them and not, um, you know, know, kind of relegating me to some other um, uh, intellectual stratum that that he's a part of and that I'm not. You know, Mm -hmm. like I, I relate to doctors with big hearts and much more so than someone that has a huge amount of, Knowledge, I assume they have that knowledge because they've been through medical school or whatever, but
2: but what's really what really makes a difference is the the heart connection, yeah, I think that that's the key word is connection and relationship yeah. uh, we as human beings, for the most part, the vast majority of us, what we desire most is true and deep connection, mm-hmm. and I think that in the work that you and I do, because we've um have had a lot of training under lots of different conditions it's fair it's pretty selfless what we're doing and i'm not putting myself on a pedestal here i've learned to put myself aside and god knows in my personal life I, that's um something that i'm always working with but in my professional life um the less investment that i have about the outcome and the more i can be truly available it, what it does is it opens the opportunity for that client to feel that I am present without any strings attached. And there's very few relationships that we involve, involve ourselves in in our daily lives where there's not some kind of agenda. Mm-hmm. If you do this for me, then I'll do that for you. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's sort of a contractual agreement that we Arrive in in just about everything that we do, and what you and I are offering is is something uh, outside of that is something different mm-hmm. than that
1: Mhm mhm, I agree, so when we come back, we're going to talk about uh how accessible energy medicine is to everybody, and we're also going to talk about um uh, motives and codependence and all kinds of other stuff that come into energy healing and uh so we'll be right back. This is Robin White Turtle, listening. The show is Evolve, and I'm with Leona Thibault, who is an intuitive, clairvoyant, and energy medicine practitioner. She's a yoga teacher, certified sky dancing tantra facilitator, the creator of therapeutic ocean immersion practice, and the founder of the Natural Healers Network of Santa Cruz. You can find out more information about her at her website, www.leona.info. And that's L Y O N A. So uh, thanks, Leona, and we'll be right back.
0: Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White Turtle-Liz Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time,
1: evolve Hi, welcome back. This is Robin White Turtle listening, and the show is Evolve. And I'm here today with Leona Thibault, who's an intuitive and a clairvoyant and energy medicine practitioner for the last 25 years. She's a yoga teacher, a certified sky dancing tantra facilitator, the creator of Therapeutic Ocean Immersion Practice and founder of Natural Healers Network of Santa Cruz. You can find out more about her at www.leona.info. So welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit more about the accessibility of energy uh, medicine to everybody. Um, and, you know, we were talking a little bit about that earlier. Can you uh, talk about energy medicine and how it's really accessible for everybody? I mean, we all have intuition. And we all have the ability to experience ourselves energetically
2: yes and i always um i lo- always love to start with a child and, and loving adult you know when a child is upset the, the we're drawn to hold that child or place our hands on that child and uh... when we are in the company of someone who we care about and they're upset we're drawn to embrace them or put a hand on their shoulder And I think that that's the very basics of that calming, loving touch. And we see it and we feel it, but because we don't really have a language in our society now that has to do with energy, we don't really have a name for what's happening. And that's the basics of energy medicine. Right. It's basically unconditional love. (laughs) that's like what, what i find.
1: <laughs> to me that's what it's about. Um and you know there are lots of modalities that have developed over the last 25 years. Like i thinking uh certainly we've been exposed more and more especially in California to acupuncture or acupressure touch for health. Um you can affect your energy by your diet and mm-hmm. what you eat and how much sugar you intake or don't intake. Um and then we were talking about you know, containing your own energy and codependence. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little, because the ideas of codependence, certainly from AA and ACA and all of the um, Al-Anon groups, have have taught us about how people energetically emmesh with each mm-hmm. other, which is part of what codependence is about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You want to go for that one?
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> people say, come to me and say, "Oh, you're a psychic, and so tell me how I can." get people to not suck my energy and how can I how can I you know be safe in the world and um, you know how do I psychically behave and my personal belief is that what goes on on the outside is going on on the inside oh it's so true isn't it I always find that
1: scenario people have problems in relationships outside and they go inside and their inner male or female are actually doing the same dance that the exactly. relationship's been doing.
0: So yeah.
2: so if we're, you know, if we're concerned about how we're showing up energetically, we should also be concerned about how we're showing up with our words and our behaviors and under those, of course, are our beliefs. And that's where we have to take the responsibility is how how we operate in the world um, on a very practical day-to-day level is inviting either quote good responsible psychic behavior or irresponsible messy uh, psychic behavior Mm -hmm. and that's where the the, you'll either get to the energy through the behaviors or you'll get to the behaviors through the energy and I, I like to start with something that we all can see and feel that we can impact so um, in order to be, to have access to the flow of energy, the flow of your own intuition, the flow of your capacity to bring soothing to others, your ability to be present, as we are speaking about before, really is dependent upon how you think and how you behave.
1: Right. That's so true. And getting clear with how we meet our needs, you know, like, you can either get your needs met by manipulating or you can get them met by speaking clearly your needs and, and asking for what you're needing, which right. is a more vulnerable place, which right. a lot of people don't do. You know, they, they don't go there because they're afraid that they won't get their needs met and they go into fear rather than what they're really just honestly wanting, like a hug or... You know, can you just put my hair, pull my hair back or help, you know, can you just give me this little thing, you know, talking about an intimate partner, not the stranger mm-hmm. on the street, but you know, those those needs sometimes are real, and it, they can be creature-based, but they're still needs, you know, that we have as
2: human beings. Yeah, and I think that, you know, when we all hear, oh, you know, we need to figure out uh, clear and direct ways to get our needs met. It just seems monumental. It's like, oh, my God, how am I going to do that in every single interaction that I have? And I think that that's where uh, our readings come in. People come to us with a very specific relationship or specific situation that they're in where they have confusion. Mm -hmm. And our guidance is about very practical, step-by-step behaviors that we can... Help them see where they might be um, having some blind spots or give them some tools for more empowerment. It really is a lot about feeling empowered and encouraged and supported and believed in. And mm-hmm. I think that um, the work that we do really supports that in people. And ultimately, it is about everyone having access to their own intuition, having the ability to bring healing into their lives and other people. Right. Out.
1: I really celebrate it when people feel empowered in my sessions because I I want them to take the tools and run with it. I don't necessarily want to create a dependent situation in my practice, and I I know that you have that same desire with your clients. That you're always working to educate and empower them, so that they can take the tools and and use them at home. That's
2: where the greatest joy is for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I totally agree. And that's kind of a that turns a lot of practices on their heads in a certain way because not everybody is interested in that when they're when they have clients. I'm um, just, just to have that out there honestly, um, and so I, I feel like it's it's really to me a very core issue for me with my clients. I want to I want them to feel empowered and not dependent, and then they they're coming to me for fine tuning. Once we've established a relationship, and they're coming, to, you know, to to help, ask me to help them with things that they can't do themselves, right. and that that
2: to me is uh, is where the fun is. I agree, and that's that's really the most important thing is that we walk out into the world and we feel like we have more tools and we feel like we have a greater understanding and we feel more empowered to take the steps towards. Becoming the more expansive human beings that we are. Yeah. I think it's
1: really important today, especially what I feel like the universe is pushing us to do, is to really be responsible for our own energy and how we are putting it out in the world and how we are connecting with others and mm-hmm. how we're not connecting with mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. And that that is so... And how we connect with our own center, our own core, our own spirituality, our own high self, our own divine self. I mean, to me, that's part of what we're being called to do right now, which is why the psychic readings and energy healing can go together in such a beautiful way. Right. And
2: then teachers, you know, basic information about what is codependent behavior and what is empowerment and what is... Um, what is our responsibility out there? So that, we'll, And there's some wonderful books and some wonderful workshops to really re-educate or re-teach how to interact in a responsible way. Yeah, so
1: let's talk about what codependence is for a second because I, I think there's a lot of confusion out there.
2: Mm-hmm. How do you see it? Uh, I see codependence as uh, trying to get our needs met in other ways other than being clear and direct and there's lots of reasons why we're not clear and direct. One, we're most of us were taught at a very young age not to ask for what we want. Mm-hmm. Some people have taught we're taught that they shouldn't even have wants or desires or wishes. And so there's a lot of confusion about, well, what are my needs to begin with? Mm-hmm. And but what ends up happening, we develop strategies as very young children and the number of um Philosophies around us to um, to get our needs met, and they work for a little while when we're two, three, four, five, six, seven years old, but they become um, obsolete and actually impede our ability to connect on the deeper levels that we want to with other people with through honesty and integrity.
1: I agree, and I think a lot of those old patterns come you know inherited. Like we get we get some of them, we learn them in our families, but then. I know, like, um, my grandmother was from the South, and um, the only way that women had power in the South um, for a very long time was to manipulate the heck out of everybody else around them. And so they learned how to manipulate really, really well. And um, I remember consciously having to choose not to do that in relationships so that I could have a more... Honest and clear relationship, but you have to be aware that that pattern exists. I mean, and it's not just Southern women or Southern people that have done manipulation. It's it's really endemic in our culture. It can be it can be very very subtle. I just think my I know my grandmother was a master at mm-hmm. it, and she she got her needs met through suggestion mm-hmm. <laughs> largely rather mm-hmm. than direct conversation. Would you pick this up and take it over there? It'd be nice if things were on the table, you know, like she would mm-hmm. say it more mm-hmm. like that. And then, you know, we got the clue that we needed to step up and get the things on the table, mm-hmm. you know. So so just simple things like that, I I find, um, you know, we all have different forms of ways that we work energetically. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it feels more clean to just be direct mm-hmm. and simple. And that's what I feel like energy medicine can help us learn. It, it also can help us understand that there's a pattern to that particular form of communication mm-hmm. that kind of moves through people's power chakras, hooks them, and then energetically yanks on them. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, we can kind of expose Mm-hmm. By being able to witness energy mm-hmm. it is that that old pattern that then you can say oh I I don't really want to do that mm-hmm. I, and I
2: don't it doesn't feel good to me either mm-hmm. when I do that or mm-hmm. when someone else does that to me mm-hmm. so yeah and I think there's a couple of things to keep in mind one is is that it's nice to be intellectual about it and say oh yes well I'm going to unplug or I'm going to unhook from that but a lot of people have uh, an ancestry of the strategy of manipulation. It's based on survival. Yeah. So what comes up for a lot of us when we need to start changing those patterns is a push-me-pull-you between a very strong energetic um, undertow uh, that is, has a lot of fear and confusion connected with it because right. it's so closely related to to that sense of survival. Right. The other thing is, is as we move through our lives. And evolve in different ways, that undertow becomes intolerable. Right. It becomes unacceptable, and we recognize that no matter how painful it might be to leave behind old patterns of behavior, there really is no choice. We have to move forward right. because it brings too much pain to our yeah. lives. And going back to what we were saying before, one of the things that human beings, I believe human beings, want the most is clear, clean, and deep connection. And in order to have clear, clean, and deep connection, it has to be out of a place of honesty and integrity and vulnerability.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I
2: couldn't agree more. Oh, this is so much fun. I
1: love getting into these yeah. conversations with you. So when we come back we're going to talk more about energy medicine and we've talked a lot about our responsibility and codependence, but we're going to address some of the fears and, and um, get into The power of appreciation, because this is a really important topic, Uh, and we'll be right back.
0: Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host Robin White Turtle Lizney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish and the heart-based, to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, this is your host
1: for Evolve, Robin white turtle And I wanted to share with you a few of the other things that I do in the world beside the radio show. In addition, I'm an energy medicine practitioner in the Bay Area and across the country by phone. And I work uh, through East West Bookshop in Mountain View, California, so you can always find me there on Fridays. In addition, I have uh, five books. Uh, Four of them are nonfiction, and one is a fiction book uh, that's actually based on facts called Poems for the Lost Deer. The other books are Heart Heart Path Handbook, and prior to that, Sacred Living and Dancing Up the Moon. Um, my recent, more recent books, Heart Path and Heart Path Handbook, uh, teach people self-love, and this is the foundation of my practice, that love does heal all things. You can find out more uh, about my work on my website, www.thecenterforthesoul.com, and uh, you can also check out the books on www.bluebonebooks.com. And now we'll go back to the show. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Listening, and my guest today is Leona Thibault. She's an intuitive and a clairvoyant and energy medicine practitioner for the last 25 years. She's a yoga teacher, a certified sky dancing tantra facilitator, the creator of therapeutic ocean immersion practice, and founder of Natural Healers Network of Santa Cruz. You can find out more about Leona at www.leona.com. Dot info And Leona is spelled L-Y-O-N-A. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. So we've had a great conversation about codependence and manipulation and all that good stuff. And now we're going to talk about um, getting in touch with the fear that we have when we come into our psychic awareness. Because that is a huge thing. I'm noticing more and more people. I don't know if you're noticing this mm-hmm. in your practice mm-hmm. A lot of people are breaking into their psychic awareness mm-hmm. in a really big way. Mm-hmm. Do you find that true?
2: Yes, and I found it especially true when I was uh doing the training and teaching in the uh tantric world. Um that because the practices were fairly strong, sometimes uh, a psychic breakthrough would happen uh, literally overnight. And uh I, one of the things that tends can accompany psychic opening are uh different quote psychic powers and um they're the, not
1: really powers so do well, you find them that way no,
2: it, I, it's in quotation marks really <laughs> uh air quotes yeah um <laughs> And I think that they're natural and I think that everybody has the capacity, but since, again, our society doesn't really have a place for that and we don't have training for that and it's not we don't see it in our elders and we don't expect to come into it, I think it can be um, pretty startling. Mm-hmm. And there's not really, a, a, in the mainstream, there's not really words for what's happening. There's not really a process of initiation that most other cultures... Um, ancient cultures have had, mm-hmm.
1: especially native cultures. Mm-hmm. So they have shamanic practice. Mm-hmm. Somebody's recognized as a shaman or mm-hmm. as a healer when they're befo- Sometimes before they're born. Right. I know in the Maori tradition, they're actually the the elders get dreams, and then they have dreams about the child and what their place in the culture is. And in Africa too, they do the mm-hmm. same thing.
2: And uh, other cultures such as um, the um native people of Guatemala they wake up in the morning and everyone shares their dreams so everybody is seen as having connection to the greater information mm-hmm. and it's honored and it's normal it's mm-hmm. the um it it's expected mm-hmm. and we don't really have that here so when people start having correlations between their dreams and, and what goes on in their real life, it, it can be shocking and sometimes upsetting. Right, right. And then their powers
1: of intuition as they break open, there it brings up a lot of fear because we've been really acculturated, especially in the West, to limit our, power, our personal power for the greater whole as part of survival strategies. But then also, you know, certain churches have, have limited our power and given it to somebody else or different uh, forms of philosophy have done the same thing and disempowered us as, as individuals. So when people actually break into a larger ability that they might be able to see or perceive or they hear things intuitively that they didn't hear before, those things have always been there, but now they have access to it and it can be kind of frightening for them.
2: Right, and there's at least two aspects of that. One is, do they trust it, or it, or are they fearing that it's di- you can be you know have a diagnosis around it? A mm-hmm. lot of um, people who move into greater psychic ability um, have concerns about their mental health because again, we don't we don't have a framework for that, mm-hmm. um, and it's been pathologized. I mm-hmm. mean, intuition, intuitional
1: abilities psychic awareness and shamanism have been have been pathologized in Western culture. Right. So we have to come up against that. And also, you know, to me the key for a lot of people that come into their psychic abilities is how grounded are they within? Mm-hmm. You know, can they continue to function in normal
2: everyday life? Mm-hmm. So, And the other component really is if we lived in a society where it was considered normal, then we would have a have a place to land with it and we would mm-hmm. have support around it mm-hmm. and one of the greatest human needs that we have is a, and the need for belonging mm-hmm. and so one of the things that happens when people open more to their own psychic ability is that they somehow feel different and outside of and they don't know who they can trust and who they can go to who can they they can share their experience with mm-hmm. um and that's pretty powerful, and that's a really um a really strong deterrent for people to continue that exploration,
1: yeah yeah, I agree and so so a lot of i don't know let's talk about this a little bit about the fear that comes up for people because I think that what I work to do is to help them clear their fears little by little, so that they can then utilize it and still be in the society. Is that how you work with people? Um, I guess it's
2: Depends, more, uh, yeah, I guess for me it's more about normalizing it. Right. And I also I always um, am looking to see, you know, I might see a person maybe once in their whole life or maybe I see them every three months or so. And what's important is for them to have the um, support that they need Within the community to help them understand it, to normalize it, to educate them around it, and that isn't necessarily my role. And my role is, well, the way I see it, is to uh, assist them, pointing them in the right direction to get the support that they need mm-hmm. from their community, which used to be tribal tribal mm-hmm. support. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah,
1: I think it's really important. So. We're going to switch topics again. Are you ready? Ready. (laughs) So I wanted to talk about, and this kind of goes along with what we were just saying, the power of appreciation, because uh, appreciating ourselves and our abilities goes really hand-in-hand with normalizing intuitive abilities, don't you think?
2: Yes, and I think that um, because self-esteem is such um, a powerfully... can be the lack of self let me put it this way the lack of self esteem can really undermine our capacity to expand into who we are right. able to be oh, I totally and agree. i think that um instead of going to the place of trying to appreciate ourselves sometimes that's not that accessible and i find that um appreciating what's around us appreciating that um we have in my case at least, relative safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have relatively clean air. I have clean water to drink. Mm -hmm. I have um, loving and supportive friends. You know, if I can stay in that mindset of appreciation, Mm -hmm. then I'm expanding my capacity to experience appreciation, which will eventually spill over into appreciating myself and uh, nurturing that self-love that I'm having. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, we all crave appreciation. So learning the practice of appreciating each other it it's one of those things that if you put it out you get it back.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't put
2: it out intending to get it back you don't say oh I'm really appreciating how present you are with me and then you're waiting for them to say oh I'm really appreciating how present you are with me it's in the practice of appreciating other people that we actually feel better and this has been scientifically proven um, that you actually have um, more brain chemicals that bring happiness when you are in the act of appreciating and and it's heightened if you're appreciating another human being so it's a beautiful practice if you don't have access to anything else and you know you you want to expand who you are and develop um, greater love and more abundance in your life if you simply get down to that practice of learning to appreciate from moment to moment and when you're feeling low or you're feeling disempowered instead of Mulling that, reach for the feeling of appreciation. Just And if you live any place where there's anything alive that's living, like a tree, um, if you just lift up your head and look at something that's alive, um, it can really shift that awareness into appreciation. And it literally shifts your brain chemicals and also shifts your your own um, energy field
1: yeah it's a gratitude you know living in gratitude for what we have and I think that's so fundamental I know when I get really cranky (laughs) I realize that I'm just pissed off about my environment or where I am or (laughs) I don't have this or don't have that but if I shift it to start starting to be grateful then the, it's like it greases the wheels of flow mm-hmm. in my life, and all
2: of a sudden everything's shifted. Mm-hmm. It's really wonderful. And can profound, shift profoundly. Yeah, in, so, the, in the moment. In the moment. Yeah, in it can moment. really do
1: that. And that's part of what's so exciting about working energetically with people because you can help shift their consciousness, and in a moment they can shift their whole reality and make it a whole different Exactly. whole different thing. So it's pretty pretty fun. So I'm so excited about our conversation. So, And I really appreciate that you're here. <laughs> uh, I'm loving it, Robin. I'm
2: loving being here with you.
1: Yeah. So uh, what I want to do is when we come back, I want to talk about Two Psychics. Because Leona and I do a program called Two Psychics, One Light. And we're, we'll talk about that when we come back. This is Robin white turtle listening, And the show is Evolved. And I'm with Leona Thibault. She is an intuitive and clairvoyant and energy medicine practitioner for the past 25 years. She's also a yoga teacher, a certified sky dancing tantra facilitator, the creator of therapeutic ocean immersion practice, and founder of Natural Healers Network of Santa Cruz. You can find out more about her at www.leona.info. And we'll be right back.
0: Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White-Turtle-Lizney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time,
1: evolve. All right, so we're back. This is Robin white Turtle listening and the show's evolved. And I'm with Leona Thibault, who's an energy medicine practitioner, clairvoyant and intuitive. She's also a yoga teacher, a sky dancing tantra facilitator, a creator of therapeutic ocean immersion practice and the founder of the Natural Healers Network of Santa Cruz. Welcome, Leona. Thank you. Yeah. So in this part I wanted to talk a little bit about our program that we do which is so fun Two Psychics One Light. Love it.
2: (laughs) Just love it.
1: Yeah we have a great time don't we? It's amazing.
2: (laughs) I'm so glad I found you. I'm so glad the universe put you in my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah so what what Two Psychics One Light is, is is that Leona and I basically create uh, a safe place for uh, one-question readings in a group setting, and we do this in Santa Cruz, and we're going to be doing it coming up at East West Bookshop uh, in Mountain View, and we're we're also going to be probably going back to Ananda at some point up in Scotts Valley, which is beautiful, fun.
2: beautiful place.
1: Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about that experience. I know for for me, it's like we blend our energies and we create this love vortex. And then catalytically, things start happening
2: in an <laughs> orderly, relatively orderly in a, fashion. In a more orderly fashion. <laughs> <laughs> catalytically, not cataclysmically. <laughs>
1: right, catalytically. Yes, it's very exciting.
2: So yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. It's a very um, it's very accessible. That's one of the things I love about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it the uh, price for entry is pretty reasonable yeah. and it gives um, people who have never had experience uh, viewing or experiencing a psychic reading, it gives them access to it in a pretty quick way
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and uh, in a pretty easy way. Uh, the event only lasts two hours and uh, an amazing amount of things happen in those two hours. Uh, we basically introduce ourselves and then um, create a, a loving environment Without a whole lot of woo-woo, it's pretty yeah, pretty straightforward. Pretty
1: straightforward, and <laughs> we ground the space, and then um, safe environment.
2: <laughs> and then somebody gets to raise their hand and pick one of us to um, do a reading, and we it, it might last five minutes or maybe as long as ten, but usually around five minutes. And it's quite remarkable to evoke the. Tribal energy of being witnessed in your dilemma. Yes. And when we have a group of people giving their attention to an individual, that individual has access to a potency that's not necessarily available in a one on one situation.
1: Yeah. Somehow everybody is holding the space for them, yes. and there's a very loving container that, yes. of course, we set the tone for. But basically, what we've experienced time and again is that the group itself is holding the container. Yes. And and really compassionately, giving, compassionately, loving and supporting the person that's
2: kind of being vul- really vulnerable right. with a question that's very right. important to them. Right. And and honoring that. Like, the the group honors that vulnerability yeah. and um, appreciates it. It's almost contagious. It's it's really um, it's really quite remarkable. There's hardly words for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm finding myself a little speechless around that. Uh, and I think it seems, and I've heard this, that when one question is answered, a number of people in the room find wisdom and truth in their own life that has to do with that that answer. That answer answers one of their questions as well. Well, that's what's so cool about it to me is that
1: it's like one person's question is affecting other people's answers that they might not have been going to ask about, but it gives them more information so the reading becomes bigger than just that one person getting the reading. Exactly. And that's so cool to, to experience. I, and I also really love the... I love how people cooperate. To it's almost like there's a they can they're conspiring to support the mm-hmm, person in mm-hmm. a loving and compassionate way, mm-hmm. where they're they don't have to feel uh, there's no competitiveness. There's no um, need for um, for one to be a, the star. We seem to be able to regulate right. um, the audience. You know, and I part of that, I think, is we just have such a great compatibility. Right, I agree. Um, and then that compatibility sets the space for the whole group. Right. Um, and, you know, we tune it in with teachers of, that have gone before, and, you know, it's not just all about what we can bring, but we also acknowledge their intuitional abilities. Right. right? They have that intuition, and how are they using right. it or what do they need with it.
2: Right. And I think another component is that there's a sweetness and a tenderness that's Mm -hmm. there. There's Mm -hmm. a gentleness. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the readings can be pretty strong, but at the same time, it's really with respect for the individual and what they're able to do, the Mm -hmm. steps that they're able to take Mm -hmm. in their life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think it's um, one of the reasons it's powerful is because it's a very different... um, container or situation than what most people are accustomed to being in. Either right. we have somebody preaching at us and we're all supposed to listen and go and do what they say, mm-hmm. or we're in a group setting or on a, a in a friendship place where somebody shares their problems and we try to fix them. Yep. And the the group, there's no cross talking in the group. There's nobody trying to figure it out for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think that the space that you and I hold is that sure we're going to give them information and give them what we see, but we're not telling them what to do. No, necessarily. Right. And we don't have an investment in how they use the information. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's some there's the, it, that makes it a lot different than what we as human beings are accustomed to experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I think it shakes things up energetically, and it becomes very empowering for the people who are receiving the information, yeah. and it becomes very um, heart-centered for people who are witnessing.
1: Right, right. That's so exciting. To me, it's very really exciting to get together and do this once a month or so. Uh, we have one coming up, actually, right? Yes, we do. And that's October. I don't have my calendar in front of me. I think it's October 16th, isn't that right? Yeah, I think that's right. It's a Sunday, 2 p.m., at Pacific Cultural Center. And uh, we're going to be doing this again. And then you can check our websites, too, because we have it posted on our websites, or we'll have it posted as soon as this is over.
2: Just think it's <laughs> the third Sunday of every month. Yeah. At uh, Pacific, at, Cultural, Pacific Cultural, Cultural Center. And yeah. they have it on their website. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's Pacific Cultural Center, which is uh, on Seabright Avenue in Santa Cruz. If you uh, Google PCC, they will have it there. And uh, we're very excited about it. So I look forward to more.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to talk to end by talking about the fish in the ocean, because we talked about this before we started this the show, how people are really moving from this idea that we are individual fish swimming in the ocean. <laughs> To the greater ocean. We are actually the ocean itself. And I think that this is
2: what energy medicine brings um, to our culture at this time, don't you think? I agree. And, you know, again, if you see it on the inside, you see it on the outside. I think that, that um, on a very practical level, the more we are technologically linked with each other, the more that we have the capacity to communicate with each other instantaneously around the world. There's a, a greater sense of instead of individual mm-hmm. beings, mm-hmm. we are actually very connected. And in that connection, we have power to, to change our lives and change the world. Right. And again, it's about the choices that we make. It's about uh, n- discernment. It's about... Uh, Seeing what is indulgent and what is actually supportive of our personal growth. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's all about choice all along the way, Right. and recognizing that we do have choice.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: and I and I think that's what's so empowering about uh, energy medicine and the whole conversation we've had about codependence. What that codependence is is a way that we don't think we have choices, and actually we have a lot of choices. Uh, it cuz cuz it, it, it relies kind of on the victim perpetrator philosophy like we're either we are either down or we're up or we're, you know, we're the king right. or the, we're the serf <laughs> right and the truth is we're not that's only one really limited view of how we interact but there's so many others and when we do realize we have choice we suddenly get empowered to create a new way of moving in the world and that's right. really fun right so. Well, Leona, thank you so much for being my guest on the show today. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank so, you, Robin. All right, you bet. So this is Robin White Turtle Lisney, and the shows evolved. And I've been with Leona Tibo, who's an intuitive, clairvoyant, and energy medicine practitioner for the past 25 years. She's also a yoga teacher and a tantra facilitator, sky dancing, uh, tantra facilitator, a therapeutic ocean immersion practice creator and a founder of the Natural Healers Network of Santa Cruz. Her information is at www.leona.info that's L-Y-O-N-A and um, we will be on next week uh, in a couple um, weeks, uh, the third Thursday of the month at 2pm so look forward to having you back. Okay, this has been Evolve.
0: Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carasella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for our live on-air call-in show, Sunday morning at 1030 a.m.